Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Kate, guess where I just was? Where were you? I was at a breakfast. Delicious. Yeah, and bacon. <laughs> Oh. Oh, whoops. And uh, scrambled me. eggs. And scrambled eggs. <laughs> you had me, eggs. and then you lost So me. many scrambled eggs. Um, no, this was the Anderson's Children's Breakfast. If you want to go to the biggest purveyor of children's books, bookstore-wise, in the Chicago area, you You go. offer them breakfast, you, and then you, you put scrambled eggs all over their books, um, and you see what no, happens. And no. bacon Anderson's bookmarks. bookstores, Kate. It's Anderson's bookstores. And they have a magnificently huge, like... 500 plus educators and librarians come paying money and everything to see the stars of children's literature speaking. So Kate DiCamillo and um, the guy who does Amulet and uh, John Patrick Green and Lisa Yee and uh, all, all that fun stuff. So yes, that was that was fun. Uh, and I talked up our podcast very, very much. Nice. Yes, because it's like a speed dating thing where if you're an author, you move from table to table. Oh. Fun fact. I'm an author. <laughs> and so I moved from table to table and talked to about five different tables and mentioned our podcast. Very nice. And my upcoming books. So okay. Yay. Well, to any new new listener, hello. Hello. Welcome uh, to our show. This is called Fuse 8 and Kate. <laughs> yep. And uh, and now, what's what's it about? Uh, what, what do we do, Betsy? Oh, oh, oh. This is all oh, turned how around. How the tables have turned. How the tables have turned like a lazy Susan. Um, <laughs> or is that a lazy Kate? No, it's a lazy Susan. Yes. Uh, on this podcast, we discuss children's books. Picture books. To be and, specific. And? If they are... No, okay. That's actually my prompt. Yeah. Uh, if they are good... Or... Crap. And? Classic? I have no idea. What? <laughs> crap and this bad? Is... I don't know. Like, I should have just come up with like and, adjectives after and, that. Like, like mad libs. Like, fluffy, purple, sparkly. Uh, <laughs> remedial. Anyway. Yes. And you asked in our last episode... Did you get me a picture book full of blood and murder? No. <sighs> I'm sorry. See. There are shocking... At least I've in America. I've been wanting this since a, Valentine's If you Day. want blood and murder, I'll go and find you a European picture book. Actually, oh shoot, I do know a really good blood and murder one, actually. All right, I'll do that other blood and murder one next time. Mm. But this time, mm. I'm giving you one that I am shocked that we hadn't done, but it only turned... Tw- see, we have the 20-year rule. The book has to have been out for 20 years. This turned 20 last year. I missed it. It, it came out in 2003. I'm so thrilled. I've wanted to do this for quite some time. Are you ready? Okay. Boo! Blood and murder. Um, oh, sorry. Oh, that's the other cover. No, Here, I'll, uh, I'll take it off. Here, here's a real cover. Yeah, uh, yeah. Skippy John Jones. By? Judah, Judy Schachner. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> This is, uh, as you can see, it's got a E.B. White Read Aloud Award on its cover. This is one of the most controversial books uh, I have had the pleasure to meet. And, yeah, it doesn't look it, does it? <laughs> but uh, this, when it came out, beloved, won awards. And then after a few years, uh, people got super mad at it. And let's see if you can figure out why they got super mad at it. Okay. This will be a test. 
While Kate does her read, let's talk about how times have changed since 2003, because that's what this entire episode is actually about. In 2009, I conducted a poll of my readers of my blog, A Fuse Number 8 Production, and ranked their choices and came up with the Top 100 Picture Books poll results. Skippy John Jones came in at number 64. Even at the time, uh, so this would be about six years after its publication, it had become controversial. And this is even before uh, the wave of We Need Diverse Books and the more closely examined titles around the country. Well, why do people object to this book? We'll get into it with Kate to a certain extent, but I think this letter to School Library Journal from Ms. Diane Dauncher sort of summarizes the controversy pretty well. She writes, I am pretty shocked at the stereotypes of bandits, references to beans, and adding the letter O to words to make them sound more Spanish. The part where the dog attempts to emulate a Latin accent with long E's is really offensive. It is simply not cute to make fun of a language or any ethnic group to ascribe characteristics or saying to that group. Frankly, I don't know any Mexican-Americans who say holy guacamole. This book is only funny to white Americans who aren't thinking. Worse yet, it depicts weird stereotypes to children about what Mexicans or Latinos might be like. How would this book be received if Skippy John Jones wanted to be a neurotic poodle that happened to be Jewish? If you were saying little stereotypical phrases in Yiddish, how would that sound and look? I don't think anyone would find that funny at all. It would not be appropriate. It would be racist. But we should say, opinions still at that point varied on old Skippy John. I mean, it won the E.B. White Award for Best Read Aloud Book in 2003. There were blogs that argued it, it wasn't racist, just silly. Worthy of discussion. Um, I think the best response might have come from uh, the Sir Rural Librarian, who said simply, if you write a book where a character adds O to the end of words, he says with his best Spanish accent, you're going to annoy people. So <laughs> then the professional reviews, this is a really good indication about how things have changed. Um, School Library Journal called it a good multicultural offering. Kirkus, and this one's fascinating because Kirkus has done many changes since then, but uh, Kirkus said, colorful, lively illustrations exaggerate the hilarity. No ethnic aspersions intended, just laugh out loud humor. Both feline hero and story are full of beans. More Mexican jumping than Pinto, but I caramba, mucho fun. <laughs> Hello. Meow. Mm-hmm. Meow. 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 Yep. Not woof. Nope. No. 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 This book. Yeah. Boy, well, this is a... I, can you spot why it might be controversial well, with some at, people? Well, at first, I thought, oh, clearly these this book is about Siamese cats. Right, and you're thinking Lady and the Tramp. Well, I just thought, is the word Siamese... I, offensive now. It's a good question. I think it is for when it's referring to people, and that's a good question, though. I mean, is it also offensive with cats? I don't. Are I think they're still called Siamese they, cats. They are. They're yeah. still, but okay. they all. But Siamese cats also have crossed eyes, and these Sometimes, cats yeah. do not. They don't always have crossed eyes. But they our, usually do. Our aunts or our aunts. Yeah. Our grandma's cat didn't have crossed eyes. Did yeah. he? Slightly. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, okay. I thought that was like part of the trait of a Siamese cat is that they have cross eyes. I, that, this is literally the first I've heard of it. Yeah, well, <laughs> not, so. not this one. We All meet right. we meet uh we meet this little tiny kitten mm -hmm. who loves to sleep with uh, the birds, 
and the mother i mean that way you get your breakfast in bed so well no the mother said no it's it's no self-respecting cat sleeps with birds or eats worms or you know does any of that so you go to your room and you think about who you are and you are a siamese cat and don't go in your closet like, what? <laughs> wait, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> Back up. Uh, yeah, hmm. yeah, so just hmm, stay, is that a metaphor there? <laughs> just stay in your room and stay out of the closet. Okay. Okay, that, wow. That, that, this that, mom is just covering all her bases from, like, gay one. Yeah. So, so at that point, I was like, oh, is this, like, an anti-gay book? I mean, What's that it? would be a good indication of it. No, stay it's, out of your it's, closet. It's not. It's, it's not a metaphor? No, oh, no. Okay. But I will say... <laughs> it's interesting, though. I will say that the mom does have some pretty great nicknames for her cat. Okay, what are her, her nicknames? Her kitten. Yeah. Uh, they include Mr. Kitten Britches. Okay, that is good. That uh, is good. Mr. Fuzzy Pants. Mm-hmm, sure. Mr. Fluffernutter. Well... That's a food, but sure. Disturbing. And, and right. finally, Mr. Coco Pugs. Coco Pugs? Uh-huh. Interesting. Okay. You know, like What's you... a pug? <laughs> well, it's all one word. Coco Pugs. Coco Pugs. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, you know, maybe that's what cats call their kids. Who am I to judge? <laughs> yeah. Apparently. That's fine. So, okay. So now we've got this kitten who's bored out of his mind and can't go in the closet. So he's... <laughs> 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 I'm not ever going to get over that. No, <laughs> it's just it's, it's so, funny. So he's just bouncing around in his bed and he's like flying around and then he goes past his mirror and he sees, wait, what the heck? And in the illustration, it's like they've taken a photograph of a chihuahua. Yeah, that's definitely a photograph. That's that, a photo mixed media thing. Yeah, yeah, and that's what the cat sees in his reflection mm-hmm. is a chihuahua. Right. I will point out that the books that are on the cat's um, dresser include Puss in Boots, okay. Meow. That was just lazy. Rats. Okay, come on. You could you could have you could have catified a ton of things. And Putty, P U D D Y. Oh, that sounds real. But I don't know what that is. I don't know. All right. So the cat uh the, or sorry, the kitten goes into his toy box finds a... This is not allowed in the closet, so, yeah. Well, you, just you wait. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, he... And it says he begins using his very best Spanish accent. Spanish! So, from Spain? Uh-huh. uh-huh or from Mexico? <laughs> uh, well... That would have been me! No, no, because clearly he, he runs... He, after getting dressed up, he puts on a mask, he pretends like he's riding a horse... He's got a sword. So he's Zorro. Yes. Okay. And then it says that he walks into his closet. <laughs> what? The one place he wasn't allowed to get dressed up all fancy and go. Yep. And and his thoughts took him down a lonesome desert road far, far away in old Mexico. Oh, well, we just... So if Hold we're on. doing a Zorro wait, thing. Wait, okay, wait, go ahead. Okay, wait, go ahead. Let, let me just check real quick. Sure. This is checking the front of the book. Yep, written by a white woman. Got it. Oh, check. it is totally. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. I should have mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. That does actually, that is actually a keen thing to mention. Now, if this was a Zorro thing and he was just doing like dressing all in black and sword fighting, I mean, Zorro didn't talk. Zorro it, talked? I mean, in an affected way that was mimicked by... I mean, Zorro didn't have a particular way of speaking, right? The last Zorro I remember is Antonio Banderas. Yeah, right. Who spoke like Antonio Banderas. Yes. Right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying speech is an important thing 
in these books. Continue. Keep in mind the the kitten's brothers and sisters are asking mom like, "Hey, can he come out of his room yet?" And she says, "No, he's still thinking." And she's making lunch for all the kittens, including sandwiches using Miracle Nip. Wait, wait, wait and, how is Nip cat-like? No, miracle Whip. I know, but, but why is it Nip? What yeah, does that have to do with cats? And also, <laughs> <laughs> and also Mousterd. Okay, see, that makes sense, right? I'm willing to do the Mousterd, but the Miracle Nip doesn't make any sense. So we're back to our main character right. who is in Mexico, Mexico and has come across a band of chihuahuas. Uh, that appeared out of the dust, it right. says. Okay. Though some of these dogs, I'm getting like real Ren and Stimpy vibes. And Ren was a chihuahua. He was. So... He was. Though he spoke like um, Peter Lorre. I don't yeah. know who that is. Uh, you know, like, master. You know, like, oh. yeah. It was like, that was how Ren Crazy. spoke. <laughs> well, German, actually. But yeah, continue. Okay, well, these... Fun. We're getting like a weird mix of some Spanish mixed with some English here and there. Yeah. Like, uh, for example, when they discovered that this d- dog, quote unquote, is their hero that is going to help defeat Alfredo Bazito, uh, it says then all the chimichangos went c- crazy loco. Wow. I'm like, wait a minute. Do you have to... Say crazy loco? Isn't that yeah, the same thing? Yeah, wait a minute. Doesn't it the same crazy crazy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like chai tea. Anyway, so, um, right. So they have a big party full of stereotypes. Then they have a yeah. siesta. <laughs> then there's more stereotypes. Then they draw out. There's this big villain that you have to defeat. It's this big bee. And the bee only eats beans. Red beans, black beans, wow, Boston baked right. in blue, cocoa, coffee, kidney beans, pinto, and jelly too. Like jelly beans. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. So that's um that's mm. the villain in right. this story. Right. So that's the, what bees eat, but true. Okay. Yep. And then the bee comes and all the chihuahuas run away except for uh he calls himself Skipito. Of course. And he uh and he's got his sword and he pops the bee and the bees stomach bursts open and oh. jelly beans and pinto beans and coffee beans and everything explodes out of his stomach okay <laughs> that happens I'm with, I'm with you so far don't think about the logistics i don't of how like slimy like pinto beans inside of a stomach I might mean, be bursting out well, now wait 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 in full technically form. bees do have a stomach that they can uh, regurgitate from that's how we get our honey because honey is just bee vomit it's not the stomach that the food goes into but it's like a separate stomach so if this bee was putting the beans into that stomach then it wouldn't actually be partially digested so um scientifically this is accurate oh that's what i'm just saying if bees ate honey science if, with if the if english bees, major if bees ate okay beans, which they don't sure sure so then you actually discover after all the um, chihuahuas are cheering on the main character for defeating the giant bumblebee. Mm. Keep in mind, some of these dogs are just freaking weird. Uh, mm. Then it turns out that, you know, the, the meanwhile, the mother kitten and all the kittens are hearing all sorts of noises coming out of the bedroom. They see that the Skippy John's closet has exploded open and oh would you look that all of those dogs that we had thought were real before dogs. were real they yeah. were actually stuffed dogs like Beanie Baby for the ah. cat yeah what yeah cause... so the cat has a bunch of dog toys 
specifically that were Chihuahua inside of a pinata, which was in his closet. Which was in his closet. Is that why he wasn't supposed to go in there? Yes, because it was his birthday pinata. Why would you put it in the child's closet? If I'm trying to hide Why something from have... my children, I don't put it in their closets and then say, well, whatever you do, don't go in your own closet. Why would you have dog toys for a cat? <laughs> well, there's also that. Also, he already thought he was a chihuahua, and now he's got a bunch of toy chihuahuas that I guess were in there? Or were they not in there? No, they they exploded out of the giant So bee. this was already an established thing that he was into. Okay. What, what do you mean that he was into? Well, because somebody stuffed that... Somebody thing full stuffed, of chihuahuas. Yeah, and he was already and, into chihuahuas before candy. he saw that. Yeah, okay. Well, we don't know if he was into chihuahuas. Well, we, but he already said he was a chihuahua when he looked in the mirror. So I'm just saying, the pure, coincidence is huge. I'm just be, saying, it could be a coincidence. <laughs> it could be a coincidence. And then uh, the mother's like, "Oh, what am I gonna do with you? You should go to bed." And then he goes to bed, and good night. The end. Right. People love this book. Um, literally adored it when it came out. Like that's, read aloud wise. That's crazy loco, Betsy. Oh my god. <laughs> Yes, Kate. That's precisely what it is, Kate. Yes. Uh, yeah. It, as I say, we have a Read Aloud Award. I don't know. I was going to look up and see if the E.B. White Read Aloud Award is still uh, given out. I believe it is. Um, and it won that. But then later, people were like, um, so can we talk about if this book is uh, offensive <laughs> to uh, Mexican people, uh, Latino people, uh, any of that? And uh, it got to a big thing. This book is still in print, I should say. I I looked it up before I came over. I was like, I wonder if it's still in print. Because let me tell you, post uh, the rise of We Need Diverse Books, I haven't heard anybody talk a peep about this book. It doesn't have a TV show on Netflix coming up anytime soon. It does not, uh, it never had a Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade balloon. I have not heard about a live action CGI movie of Skippy John Jones, especially, you would think, with the rise of the Puss in Boots movies, wouldn't they want to capitalize on that? But no! No, in fact, it has not done any of that, to which I ascribe the fact that, yeah, maybe it's a little teeny-bitty racist? What do you think? I don't know, he had a Spanish accent in Mexico, Betsy, so... Oh, right, well, I take it all back then. (laughs) Why can't I just loosen up and have some fun? (laughs) Uh, because there are a lot of fun books. I mean, from actually one, written by people from Mexico that are very say, good, and this one from one white woman yeah, to another, Judy, Judy Shackner. Shackner, it's Judy Shackner. Yeah. So yeah. this is a white woman trying to. Oh, are we at ratings time? Yeah. Why not? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is a white woman trying to teach Spanish as if she were a Mexican. Is that right? Or like, Mexican American, even or. Yeah. Like like the cat trying to be a chihuahua? I mean, it's not even really trying to teach you... If it's trying to teach Spanish language words, then I suppose that's why she said crazy loco. I mean, but... But a lot of... I think a lot of the Spanish in here isn't correct. Well, there. okay, so that's the big problem right there. Yeah, because there's a lot of, like, just put ito at the end of something, and now it sounds Spanish. And there is no Spanish glossary at the end of, like, five or six terms that were used in the thing. Well, and you've given me other books that teach Spanish, like the one we did around Halloween that... Right, that, yeah, Juji Morales, who is, in fact, Mexican, Mexican-American herself, yes. And um, it wasn't full of stereotypes. It was, strangely enough, wasn't. What the f- yeah, I, I How don't... interesting. And also, from this time period, it was about 20 years old, so... Yeah, and I, yeah. Don't, I don't need to read a book about a Just cat. Just a minute was the book, by the way. Uh, yeah, I don't need to read a book about a cat with an identity complex. 
so I'd rather take the Monday cat from last week than this oh, one. Oh, yeah, the Monday cat from last week was amazing. So uh, this is a three for me. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm actually a little lower than you. I feel like the argument that was made at the time uh, and that I you still hear today, I... I did. I read in my my um, my background information thing this Kirkus review. I'm going to read it for you because it's just so terrible um, that I want I want you to hear this. It said, "Colorful, lively illustrations exaggerate the hilarity. No ethnic aspersions intended. Just laugh out loud humor. Both feline hero and story are full of beans. More Mexican jumping than Pinto, but I caramba, mucho fun." I kid you not, that was the review. I'm like, whoa! That's that's like a Karen saying, I'm sorry if you are offended. Yeah, exactly. But that's like, on you. That's I'm a sorry. you problem. I, look, everyone has different senses of humor. And if this is not your sense of humor, that doesn't mean it's racist. Like, that is, that is exactly the argument that people would make for this. Here, here's a question for you. All right. Oh, wait, did you I'm give a your rate? I'm a 2.5. Okay, so, <laughs> so with our scores combined, it's below it's, 5. It's too low. It is too not low. a classic. It's not, I'm sorry, y'all. It's not a classic. Here's yeah. a question for you. Would it have been more or less offensive if the cat were trying to teach Thai if, and if this was still written by a white woman? Oh, yeah, no. I mean, that was, well, that was the thing. Um, though that would have made the most sense. The objection one person had was, what if this was a little neurotic poodle that kept putting Yiddish phrases in? <laughs> poodle? Like, I almost thought French. No? like No, yeah, I don't know why they said poodle. Why would it be a poodle? But what's the most Jewish dog in your opinion? <laughs> what? what? That's why of, they went with poodle, I guess. What kind of question is that? I don't know. What's the stereotype that would be associated? There is none, right? So... No. Not every ethnicity has a stereotype dog. Or no, cat. I'm exactly. glad you are working this out. Yes. Verbally. <laughs> Keep talking, Betsy. You'll figure right. it out. My point being, this would be <laughs> offensive, yes, if it was, yeah, if he was doing Thai. Oh my God, can you imagine? Well, Thai phrases and, yeah. It would also be bad. Very, very, very bad. You know why? Why is that? Because it would still be written by a white woman. Precisely. <laughs> okay. Which some people to this day are having a hard time with. Uh, there was a. I won't get into it, but I, I heard something recently where a white person was complaining, like, how come I can't write about other races anymore? It's like, you'll live, buddy. You'll figure <laughs> you'll, it out. You'll figure it out. You'll, you're going to be okay. Let us time. Ooh. Okay, this one comes from Heather D. And uh, says, hello to my favorite trio. Um, saying that because in another letter she said she said she felt bad that she didn't thank Drew as well. Aww. For, for things. So, yeah. I confess, okay, and this was uh, in relation to our last book, The Moon Jumpers, uh, and I was, so she said, um, I confess that when Betsy mentioned multiple holidays in this episode, my first thought was, this is awesome, they're going to do a Lunar New Year book. Like, whoa, man, that would have been a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, that was on me. I'm sorry to say that Ash Wednesday didn't cross my mind. Yeah, you, you and probably everyone else, I'm afraid. Even more sorrowful to hear that Betsy is suffering her yearly chocolate embargo. Betsy is actually suffering more her wine embargo, but thank you. <laughs> um, hopefully the next six weeks will pass quickly. Holiday traditions aside, I really enjoyed the last few episodes and completely agree with Gerald C. that y'all have been up, have been in top form. Aww. Yeah. I'll try to hold up my end as a listener and suggest a worthy book. I hope to come up with a title in the next few days, maybe something that isn't holiday-themed. I wouldn't want to fall into one of those ruts where you only hear from me on holidays and or postcard from my summer vacay. <laughs> Until then, happy Valentine's Day. Laissez 
<laughs> Laissez les bons temps rouler. Happy the, New Year. Let the good times roll. Oh. That's, yeah, that's what that New Orleans, says. Mardi Gras, oh, that's what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Happy New Year, Heather D. Um, she then did do, a, in a separate comment, a suggestion of a book, which we may do next week, actually. Yeah. I, I thought it was a pretty good suggestion. Is there murder and blood in it? I don't know. I haven't read it in a long time, and it is rather old, so uh, there's a possibility. But maybe okay. I'll do maybe I'll do our murder and blood one first because you have been promising for that. Like okay, three weeks. I'll give you I'll give you blood okay. and murder. All right, children being eaten. Eh? Yes, eh? that's all, all right. I ask for. All right, <laughs> I know what you like. Grown up things we like. Okay, so you know how I made resolutions to donate to a different charity each month? And, you did, and, yes. And read a book a month? Yes. Well, this month I donated to Felines and Canines, mm. an animal shelter in Chicago where we got both our cat and dog. Aww. Uh, since we got both of them in February. So oh, there you go. if you have old towels, extra pet food, go and donate to your local animal shelter oh, because spring is right around the corner, which means kitten season is coming up and shelters need your help. Oh, that's a really good thing because I actually did buy some extra dry food for my cats, but it's not the brand they like, but I was desperate and then I got the brand that I wanted. Um, in time and now I have this extra bag of cat food around the house that's just been sitting there and I haven't done anything but that's a really good thought thanks good thinking Kate and then for the book I was listening to an old episode of My Favorite Murder and Georgia Hardstark had recommended a book called I Remember You by Ursa Sigudar daughter. Oh, yeah. Who is an Icelandic writer yeah. that I butchered her name, That's who <laughs> wrote this crazy ghost story. Uh, it's about three friends who go to this isolated location in Iceland to repair a rundown house that they bought. Meanwhile, a psychiatrist is investigating the suicide of an old woman who is obsessed with his missing son. And then at the end, the two stories come together. It, she is such a talented writer, and the book is so creepy with cliffhangers at the end of each chapter that I just flew right through it. So if you like ghost stories, check out I Remember You. Her first name is spelled Y-R-S-A. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, mine is also a foreign uh, story that takes place where it's very cold. Uh, I just, I'm continuing through my Oscar nominees for Best Picture. So I just watched Anatomy of a Fall, which is a French legal drama. And it is about, you know, this man, his wife, and their child live in France. And he, the, you know, the kid goes out to walk the dog, comes back, and the man has fallen out, and he's dead on the ground. Um, so the boy finds him and, you know, informs the wife uh, that he's fallen out, and then it becomes, did she or did she not murder him? And you don't know. And in fact, apparently the actress herself asked the director, did my character do it or not? And the director refused to give an answer. Refused. So you are in the sort of position of the jury. The best thing about this movie, without a doubt, is how genuinely baffling the French legal system is. Because I know from watching a lot of TV and movies how a courtroom works, but I'm watching this and the prosecutor's talking to the witness and then he'll just casually turn to the defendant and start asking her questions. And she'll respond, then her team will suddenly respond. Then like a mem- like the judge will start interacting. They're all just sort of talking together. And I'm like, no, this is not how a court proceeding. You don't just like turn around and start talking to the defendant. There's a, but no, this is, it is so French. And uh, you can make up your own mind. But the child actor in the film is remarkable. Also, there's a dog in the film who looks directly related to your dog. I recommend you do not watch the film because 
a bad thing happens to the dog. The dog is fine, but a bad thing happens, and I don't think you could take it. Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, that's great. It's a great movie if you don't care about uh, Kate's dog. So <laughs> go see uh, Anatomy of a Fall. It's quite good. All right. So next week, blood, blood and, and guts, and darling. And I'll give you all the blood and guts you want. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and until that bloody, bloody podcast, <laughs> I have been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram, Threads, and Blue Sky at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse Number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, Amazon Music, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our Drew in Absentia is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.